Hey there, and welcome to the Jimmy's Table podcast at jimmystable.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Humphrey. I'm curiously evangelical, politically homeless, and a dreamer of small things. On this podcast, I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. So if you have honest questions, aren't afraid to have difficult conversations, and want to have a little fun along the way, then pull up a chair. This podcast is for you. So today is episode 124, in which I'm going to talk about choosing your favorite life verse in the Bible. This topic was suggested to me by two friends on Facebook, and I was like, I was kind of fishing around for some topic ideas, and uh, you know, I was like, okay, let's go go through with this. This has been suggested to me a couple times over the years, and I thought, okay, let's talk about choosing your favorite life verse in the Bible. A lot of Christians have what some have called a favorite quote-unquote life verse. That is, there's a verse or two, or maybe even three or four, depending on how long you, you choose to go with it, but there's a verse or two in the Bible that just really seems to lift off the pages and speak to a person in kind of a unique way. It's like as if God were directly talking to them um, audibly or something like that. And this verse just leaps off the pages from the Bible. It captures their heart and mind and comes to kind of define their journey with Jesus over the years. It's a verse or passage of scripture they find themselves regularly returning to over their life, both in good times and bad, that just seems to be kind of a source of inspiration for them, um, no matter what they're going through. So let me ask you, do you have a favorite verse or two in the Bible that just really, really just gets to you? And uh, it just gets you going no matter what season of life you're in. Or perhaps maybe, you know, you can sit there and say, well, you know, I've read the Bible a few times and, you know, I like a lot of verses, but, you know, there's just not quite anything yet in my heart or mind that's just like, yeah, that one right there, without a question. That's the one I'm going to go with, ask any single time that somebody asks me, what's your life verse in the Bible? That's the one I'm going with. I mean... Uh, some people might have some favorite verses that they're mulling over and just like, oh, I really like this verse or that verse. But I'm talking about a specific verse, a, a very specific verse that you're like, yes, yes, that's what God is always saying to me. You see, finding a life verse isn't about simply selecting a random cute verse or passage of scripture that you just so happen to like. It's ultimately in its core and its essence about having a word in scripture that simply resonates with the core of who you are as an individual and comes to shape your identity and the trajectory of the journey you take in life as you fellowship and walk with Jesus. In many ways, finding a quote-unquote life verse of scripture is an issue where not so much you finding a scripture that appeals to you, but I, I kind of like to think of it as it's a time where scripture finds you. Instead, it's a verse that finds you and hunts you down and says, yes, this right here, this is, this is the one that's going to appeal to me. And it's kind of an interesting thing to think about, especially when you look at the Bible, you know, Bible written over uh, about uh, 1500 years, give or take, depending on who you ask. Um, 66 books, depending if you're Protestant or not. Uh, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there are over 31,000 verses in the scripture. 
And you could simply say, well, I'm going to randomly select this one right here, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, sort of deal. Um, and just say, well, this is a passage I really like, so this is going to be my life verse. Um, but, you know, I would kind of just like discourage that sort of mindset that you just randomly pick a verse or a random verse you've memorized and just recite it or whatever. I'm talking about coming across of a word of scripture that really just sinks into your heart above all else. And it's something that you really kind of find just particularly special. Um, you could almost think of it, maybe this isn't the best way to do it, but uh, we talk about the canon of Scripture. Um, and, you, you know, that is the entirety of the Scripture. Well, this life verse is almost a canon within a canon. That is, you know, this is the extra inspired part <laughs> that really speaks to you. And, and please don't take that too far, and me saying that. Please, please take that with the sentiment um, that I mean it with, because some of you might be like, oh, he's talking heresy. No, I'm not talking about heresy where you, you know, pick and choose your favorite verses of the Bible and discard the rest. Um, I'm talking about just those, that particular verse that's just like, that's what God's saying to me. So what's, what's a life verse of scripture ultimately look like? How might you define it if it's not just selecting a random verse of the Bible out of the 31,102 verses that are in the Bible? Well, you know, I think that there's a lot of individuals that's you know you could possibly use um, from the scriptures to get this concept from. But I have a couple individuals I'd like to just kind of point at um, that I think, hey, this is this is the essence of a life verse, if you will, a word from God that just comes to define that individual's walk and what they're about and everything that they become, and it's like a, a revelation that they have. Um, in which God spoke to them about a particular issue, and that particular issue ended up being the core defining issue for the rest of their life. So, let's talk about a word that defines your life, and look at a couple people. First, let's look at Abraham. Abraham heard from God in the book of Genesis, and God promised Abraham that he'd be the father of many nations, and that he'd have offspring that would eventually inherit a geographical piece of land, forever and ever. And that, that would be God's covenant dealing, God's promise to Abraham and his descendants. That's kind of a life verse. <laughs> yeah, Abraham didn't have recorded scripture, obviously, um, when he was, uh, you know, when we read about it in the book of Genesis um, and God's dealings with Abraham. Abraham was a prophet and he just had a word from God directly. And of the number of things that Abraham heard directly from God uh, throughout his life, the entire I'm going to make you, of you, many nations, and your offspring are going to inherit the land I'm going to show you one day. That ended up defining Abraham's life. It defines the rest of the book of Genesis. And in reality, the outworking of that promise made to Abraham carries on through the teachings of the New Testament. It's a word like no other that Abraham had in his life. I also think about the prophet Jeremiah. If you read about it in Jeremiah chapter 1. In Jeremiah chapter 1, we see the call of God of, of, uh, on the prophet Jeremiah. And God comes to Jeremiah and he's like, Jeremiah, I'm going to make you a prophet to the nations. Before you were being formed in your mother's womb, I had consecrated you as a prophet to the nation, Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to come and try to destroy you. But guess what, Jeremiah? I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to deliver you, Jeremiah. And that word, that calling, that, 
that God placed on Jeremiah, that word that God spoke to Jeremiah, one of many, many, many numerous words that God spoke to Jeremiah throughout his life, that one ended up being one that defined who Jeremiah was and is something that he came to rely on time and time again as the word of the Lord would come back to him time and time again, just as God promised that he would put a word in his mouth, that he would speak um, and that he would suffer but that he would ultimately be delivered from the hand of all those who would try to harm him. And Jeremiah saw that play out if you read the book of Jeremiah time and time again. From the New Testament, I think of when Jesus told the apostle Peter, he's like, hey, Peter, you're a rock upon which I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he, Jesus spoke this word to Peter. And that word came to define Peter's apostolic ministry from that time on. And the ministry and leadership that the Apostle Peter was able to provide in the early church ended up being foundational to all of Christianity. And we're still feeling the effects of his ministry today as a result. Now, of course, there are some, especially of the Roman Catholic variety, who would say, oh, this is, you know, Jesus telling Peter, hey, you're going to be the Pope, and you know, I'm going to establish apostolic succession and all that sort of stuff. I don't hold to that interpretation, but uh, there's still something of that gist there, I think, um, even as an a, uh, you know, evangelical Christian, that I'd like to admit that you see regarding the ministry and life of Peter. There are some who would try to downplay all of that, um, but uh, you know, we cannot deny the significance of the Apostle Peter's ministry and its importance to the foundation of Christianity. So with all this said, life verses, very important. Words from God, very important. They can be a major source of blessing to you. And I believe that these words that God gives people, like he gave Abraham, like he gave Jeremiah, like he gave Peter, you know, I believe that words like this, we can have such words from God to us through the scriptures, and that these words that are contained in the scriptures, you know, can ultimately be a major source of blessing. It'll help you keep your focus in life, especially in moments where uh, everything seems everything but in focus, where everything's a little out of focus. Um, but, you know, with that said, life first kind of ends up becoming a double-edged sword. And while it can be a tremendous source of blessing and comfort for us, like any word of God, sometimes that word that's a blessing to us is, I'm not going to lie, sometimes it's going to feel like a curse. Not that the word of God to us is a curse. God's words are life to us. They are for our own good. But you see, the word of God is a weighty thing. It's a substantive word. And it's not to be trifled with as some sort of plaything. And a lot of people take the words of God and turn it into some sort of plaything. Like, oh man, God's going to make me a millionaire. I'm going to have a jet. And I'm going to have the best uh, company in the world. I'm going to be a successful CEO. And I'm going to be this, that, and the other. And it's just kind of like, hmm. You better think again when it comes to God's words and what he has to actually say to us. Because while, yes, God's word will build us up and comfort us during hard times, during tragedy and times of afflictions, but you're going to find 
God's word will often bring you to the very gates of hell for testing. We saw that with Abraham. We saw the hell he went through to ultimately see the word of God affected in his life. We saw that with the, the prophet Jeremiah. We saw that with the apostle Peter. Jesus is like, hey, Peter, I'm going to build the church upon you. And guess what? The gates of hell are not going to prevail against you. But that doesn't mean they're not going to get awfully close. <laughs> you're going to be a little bit uncomfortable. I don't, I don't like being anywhere near the gates of hell, but you're going to find that if the word of God is active in your life for testing and trying, you're going to find that you will be brought to the gates of hell. And you're not going to be brought to the gates of hell because God is some like sadist or something like that. It's ultimately so that the very word of God itself can be tested and found true. And also not only the word of God be tested and be found true, but so that you might be tested with it and also found true as a bearer of God's word. And through it, You'll be refined and stretched. You'll maybe even be brought to a breaking point. But you'll be brought through the fire and refined for it. For me and my life, I have a favorite life verse that, you know, stuck to me many years ago. Um, And it's been... Something that has, um, you know, been tested and tried and found true in my life many times. Um, I just want to go ahead and read that for me personally. This is my personal life verse, word from God, um, that has always just stuck out to me. And the one thing I particularly like about this verse, and I really think it has to do with any verse that you might possibly consider, you know, God's word for you or your life verse that there's something about these verses that not only, you know, have a certain weight to them and leap off the pages and into our heart and excite us like no other, um, but I think they have in them a particular emphasis about an understanding of the gospel that we need to grasp. And many of these such verses ultimately boil down to an ultimate demonstration of the gospel Um, being worked out. So it's not just, I'm going to bless you and multiply you and make you great. (laughs) No, life verses, words from God, they're a little bit more substantive than that. There's something that can endure the fire. There's something that can help you endure the trials that will surely come to your life um, and the difficulties you face. And for me, that's been Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. I just want to go ahead and read those for you and just kind of tell them, tell you a little bit about what it means and what it means for me. And uh, maybe this will give you something to chew on as you sit there and think, you know, you know, Jimmy, I don't have a life verse. Um, what could a life verse look like for me? And this is for me. So Philippians 3, 7 through 11, it says, but ever, well, whatever things were gained to me, these things I have counted as lost because of Christ. And more than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them but mere rubbish, so that I might gain Christ, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, 
but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if somehow I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. That's that passage. It's been a passage of scripture that has always been a challenge to me. Because no matter how good or how bad my life may be, I've had some deliriously good moments. And I've had, for those of you who have been following the podcast, especially recently, um, you know the loss I've experienced. You know the sufferings I've experienced. But no matter how good or how bad my life may be, to always see my situation in life as an opportunity to better know Christ and leaving everything else behind, no matter what I'm going through in life, I see that my circumstances are ultimately working to that end so that I might better know Him and leave all other things behind. It's a passage that talks about suffering, death, and ultimately resurrection. And in my personal life, over the years, I've kind of noticed there to be a theme that often gets repeated time and time again. And in each cycle of my life in which I've seen this theme play out, there's been suffering, death, and resurrection. And I've always seen, no matter what I'm going through, the opportunity to not only start over again, but to better know Christ. That's what I've been experiencing recently with my wife leaving me and the divorce and the refusal to, to, uh, to reconcile. That's what I saw in my 20s when I went bankrupt and lingered at a terrible low-paying job, two low-paying jobs in which I could work 60-plus hours a week and I was lucky if I was broke. So I've known some painful and hard times over the years. But through them all, though I suffered the loss of all things, I gain Christ. Though I suffer and die, I ultimately become conformed to his likeness in pursuit and hopes of resurrection. And undoubtedly, these experiences in life that I've had at times, they've been hard. And that's okay. Life can be hard. We get presented with trials and tribulations, and many of them unforeseen, in which we get blindsided by some tragedy. Our life can sometimes be one of crucifixion and all the horrors associated with crucifixion. But in such, there is always the opportunity to press on For three days later, Jesus Christ was in the grave for three days. And after three days, what did Christ experience? He experienced resurrection. And you and I in this life, at least I know in my life, suffering and death and all the ugliness that comes with that can often be unleashed 
that there's been plenty of opportunities for which I am deeply thankful in which I get to experience all things brand new and to walk in a knowledge of God that I did not previously have. And I'm experiencing that now. Sorry if I cry a little bit. Sorry. (laughs) Just being real with you. I'm experiencing that now. I've experienced it before. And I know in my life I will yet experience it again. But that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. But I'm not going to know those things and the power of his resurrection. Without first experiencing his sufferings and his death. I've not always liked the implications of this passage of scripture and what it means for me. It means leaving a lot of things behind, even things that are good. And in doing that, I experience certain sufferings and death. Things that aren't exactly fun. However, with that said, this passage has provided an understanding that I now possess about life and its comings and goings and what it's like to walk with Jesus in the midst of good times, in the midst of bad times, to let go of things in life so that I can take hold of new things. And I know when I face such trials in life, I know through the faithfulness of God and his working in me, I know that I'm going to come through those trials in life. I'm going to come out even better. I know those trials are certainly going to come. And I know there's going to be a lot of dying for Jimmy. But with that, I cling to the promise of resurrection and new life. So for me, this passage of scripture is much more than just a nice passage of scripture out of many passages of scripture. It's not just the Apostle Paul waxing something eloquently and thinking, wow, that's beautiful, I like that. Instead, this passage of scripture, and I see it for me, and I think this will prove true for any life verse passage of scripture you may ultimately have, that it proves to be a paradigm and model for your life. And it's a model that helps keep me sane in times in which life feels anything but sane. And it helps me to press on no matter how dark the night sky sometimes gets. So everybody, this has been Jimmy Humphrey, episode 124 of the jimmystable.com podcast, choosing your favorite life verse in the Bible. Hope I've given you something to chew on, something to think about. If you have a life verse, great, fantastic. If you don't have a life verse, you know, when you read the scriptures, when you read the scriptures and mull over them, just see what doesn't leap off the page at you. What doesn't just dig its way into your heart 
and becomes something that just kind of haunts you and sticks with you and molds you and shapes you and ends up becoming a theme for your life. Because if you find a verse like that, that's your life verse. So everybody, if you've enjoyed this podcast, email me, jimmy at jimmystable.com or go to jimmystable.com slash subscribe and find your favorite way to subscribe to this podcast, either through Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or many of the other favorite ways in which you can subscribe to this podcast. Um, you can also use uh, sign up by a newsletter and get just enter your email address and get weekly updates the old-fashioned way. Um, but you know, everybody, if you've enjoyed this podcast, share it with somebody else. And in the process, if you can, if you can leave a five-star review somewhere, go to Apple, Google, wherever, and leave a five-star review so other people can think, wow, this is a great podcast. I'd like to listen to it. It might benefit me some. Because if they maybe were a little bit on the fence about whether or not they were going to listen to this, maybe your five-star review will help them uh, decide, hey, this might be something worth listening to. So everybody, Jimmy Humphrey, jimmystable.com, where I'm having conversations about the intersection of faith, life, and culture. Take care, everybody. God bless, and have a good one. And oh yeah, by the way, next week, uh, no podcast. I'm going to be out of town on vacation, and I don't have time, unfortunately, to record another one. So next week, I'm taking a break. Um, but I will be back the following week. So again, everybody, take care. God bless. Have a good one. That's all I have to say about that. That's so right on, man. You said it all.